are back yeah. on the thank you on the dirty, ugly wrestling Zoom cast. You know, the, as things get better in the world, we keep doing this Zoom thing. I don't know, but that, that's okay. We'll, we'll get back to it. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined on this Zoom call by the Dirty Funky Wrestling Podcast Zone. Uh, I really like that name that you just came up with. Um, <laughs> it, it's just kind of, if Big Ugly's not available right then and there, we will do Dirty Funky, and then we'll get back to Dirty Ugly. But then we just have to do the dirty, ugly, funky. So we might have to be. Uh, see, I'm sorry, that's a lot of names. We can add yeah, it right it's, here. It's, it's C- getting too confusing now. So CM uh, C- Funk, welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Good to be back this month. So mm, absolutely, we missed you, man. It's good to see you all in person, sort of, kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. You know, yeah. Like, like Dirty Mike said, we did wait for a weird time to start doing Zoom stuff. <laughs> I mean, we literally kept meeting up during the height of COVID. <laughs> we were six feet apart or more, and we were wearing masks, but we did it. I was going to wear my mask tonight because I thought, you know, I didn't know how this worked exactly. But you know. I don't know. Well, I'm fully vaccinated. How about you guys? Yes, yes, I'm fully vaccinated. Actually, I, the last time that uh, we were all together watching a pay-per-view, I went home that night and got, like, deathly ill from the vaccination. So. Oh, my God. You made it barely through then. That J&J, man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had the uh, I had the Pfizer, which makes sense because I'm funky and all that. And all, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Second day for me. Woof. I, yeah, I spent 24 hours laying in bed, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, well, yep, I got go Pfizer too. I, I got hit uh, pretty hard with the symptoms the day after each shot. But uh, I'm good now, and we're here, and we're at episode 95, and it's a good thing, Big Ugly, that we're taking a look at uh, doing the Zoom thing because we're on our way to 100. So by the end of this year, the 100th podcast, we're going to send the Zoom link to every single participant of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast over the past five years, and we're going to see who logs on. And we're going to have to have that waiting room because you, you never know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're going to have the largest Dirty Ugly Wrestling Zoomcast ever, and uh, that's pretty exciting, Big Ugly. Well, on our way to 100, 95 episodes. How about yeah. it? That's pretty good, right? I mean, we're, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah, so this is year, year five. And year five? Yeah. Man. Finally getting to 100. Well, man, I tell you what. It's and fantastic. Uh, does, does, uh, can, does Chris Burns, uh, does he have the ability to Zoom from wherever he might be located <laughs> in the mansion? If, if he can, if he's got his cell phone where he can charge it up somewhere, that yes, then absolutely. We can, he, he doesn't have food, but he has a cell phone somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, um, hey, this is going to be a fun podcast. 95, I actually graduated in 95, uh, you know, interestingly enough. But, um let me tell you something about this. Uh, this podcast right here, we're going to talk about Hell in the Cell. Uh, that's coming up shortly after we record this podcast. We're going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing. And as a matter of fact, we've got news about AEW going to New York City, so we'll talk about that. That's going to be interesting. Takeover in your house, hashtag Todd Pettengill. We're going to talk about that somewhere in here. Um, we're going to talk about the people that have left WWE, the people that have come back to WWE. Renee Young had a baby. John Moxley's hardcore baby. That's pretty cool. Um, we can talk about Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. That'll be an interesting conversation. And we are going to have in our second segment here tonight, me and you, Big Ugly, we're going to talk to Rico 
uh, Rico Diamante. Uh, this is the big man, and we're also going to talk to Saul Esparza. And uh, these are two of the, the biggest and best independent wrestlers uh, on the scene today. They've been bouncing up and down uh, the East Coast, you know, as things are coming back after the pandemic. And um, I'll tell you, they, we're going to talk to them. They've got a heated feud going on, but uh, we're going to get them on Zoom, and we're going to keep control of them here tonight, Big Ugly. We will try. <laughs> and uh, we're going to start uh, pushing back to independent wrestling because, as we uh, have heard recently, like the world is opening up in Maryland. Uh, you know, there's no more restrictions. There's no more state of emergency. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, but there's no more emergency. Um, you know, and as of July 1st, pretty much there's nothing. No masks, no distancing, no nothing. Um, so everybody took that to go to the Maryland State Athletic Com Is that your lightsaber? Sorry, no. Apologize for that. I forgot about my neighborhood. They some loud cars. So I, that was interesting because it, you got the lightsaber above your head because I, I really thought that might have been the Darth Maul saber, uh, uh, <laughs> like lighting up on us or something like that. No, no, I'm good. We're good there. So uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool rooms. Pretty cool rooms. All right, but yes, uh, independent wrestling, big ugly. We've been following it for a lot of years. Uh, EWA Pro Wrestling, MCW, S SWO, um, and we're going to talk about a lot of different ones, including uh, you know up in Delaware, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, it's good stuff. We love the indie wrestling scene. We love cross-promoting Big Ugly. Absolutely. And uh, I know that these indie guys took a hit with, with COVID, you know, unlike, you know, WWE that was able to create the Thunderdome and AEW, you know, these these were the wrestlers that really suffered, you know. Um, so it's good to have, you know, them back out and, and doing their thing. It sure is. It sure is. So let's um let's get going here. Let's talk on the podcast episode ninety five, Dirty Ugly Wrestling. You know, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, uh, you know, TuneIn Radio, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hotmail. We got it all. So let's go. What's been on your mind, Big Ugly, is the world of professional wrestling. What's been standing out to you recently? You know what? You know we're gonna let Big Ugly think about that for a minute. So, um, uh, well, Big Ugly's you know. on the phone with the commissioner yeah. <laughs> of Raw, I think. Uh, you know that's uh, the GM of Raw or something like that. Yeah. Or he got the Paul Heyman gimmick going over there. <laughs> so let's uh, let's start with you, CM Funk. As you said, I'm I'm sorry. What has been on your mind in the world of professional wrestling recently? You know, um, I actually want to kind of jump back to the guy your the last podcast. Um, I was listening to it the other day and. Um, and uh, Big Ugly, you actually, uh, you actually had a great question because Mike brought up that um, I was actually very enthralled with what Charlotte Flair was uh, kind of doing these days and stuff. And, and I wanted a, a chance to actually answer that, um, the, the, the question as to what exactly it was that I was enjoying about her, which is so rare. Um, she's just actually being a heel, but being a natural heel these days, as opposed to being a forced heel or a forced face or a forced character. Like she's actually taken stuff right from her, you know, from the social media and from all the internet, you know, crap that goes around and stuff. And she's like using that to kind of drive her character. So, um, yeah, still not a Charlotte Flair, Flair fan, but in, enjoying Charlotte Flair a little bit more these days, uh, just because of her work. So, Gotcha. Okay. Do you like the new outfit? I, I enjoyed the 101 Dalmatians outfit. I thought that was pretty pretty uh, clever and everything. So um, I was good with that. But yeah, she kind of lost the peacock gimmick when peacock Thank took you. off, which is interesting. I don't I don't realize about that. <laughs> um, Big ugly. What do you think about the whole Charlotte Flair situation? The heel, the women's wrestling. What do you think? Uh, 
Yeah, it is. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, let's see, who's Charlotte beefing with, right? Oh, Rhea Ripley, right? Rhea, yep. Um, yeah. I think yeah, they got a match I mean, at Hell in a Cell. Charlotte's cool. I mean, I think that if any time that I do enjoy her, it is when she is a heel. So I think that, you know, she's doing good right now as best as she, she could be. Uh, I, was, I was watching something. I was listening to Bubba Ray Dudley talk about Rhea Ripley and how, you know, he feels that they've really changed her character since NXT. You know, she's like in the all black now and that she just doesn't feel, I guess, as authentic. Um, and I was going to ask you guys, what do you guys think about Rhea Ripley being on the main roster now? Hmm. I think um, she looks the same, but she doesn't act the same. Um, there's something missing there. Uh, about a year ago, before the pandemic, when Rhea Ripley had the opportunity to fight at WrestleMania for the NXT Championship against Charlotte, um, she was more Rhea Ripley than she is now. She's kind of taken a, a character backseat at this point in time. I think she's a little soft in the character department. She looks great. She's great in the ring. I got no problem with her, but I, I, I need more out of her. I need more of an edge. No pun intended there. Um, I, re, I really, that's what I think. What do you think, CM Punk? Yeah, I think um, a lot like Charlotte and even Bianca Belair now too. Like, I feel like it's, she's, per, she's playing a character now as opposed to just kind of being herself and being a natural extension of herself. Mm -hmm. and, um, in NXT, they were all allowed to just do that, be a natural extension of themselves. And now, once you get to that main roster, man, if you don't become the character that they want, that they can market and, and have the IP for and all that kind of stuff, then then you're in trouble. And I, I, I don't think Rio or Bianca were – either of them were ready for that step. And now that they're in it, I think both of their characters are suffering. Even though they're both the champions, um, I think their characters are suffering because of it. So. Right. You know what's interesting? Uh, there's two women that are really kind of driving the women's division, but they're, the focus is not on them uh, specifically right now. Asuka is sort of putting everybody over, like doing the work in the ring to get everybody else's character over. And Asuka has been wonderful for years, but she, there's, there's no character. There's no gimmick there at all. Not, not, nothing at all. Yeah. And Which they, is I feel like she carried the women's division during COVID. Like she when did. COVID did and there was no fans – her antics and stuff and like the making the noises and the dancing that, that made it entertaining. So it sure did. And, and I miss, you know, what she, I don't know why that, that kind of, it was getting over and it's not, it's not working. I mean, it was getting over to the point where people were watching it and there was ratings. It wasn't like it's, fans getting over. That's because it was getting over because they were pushing it, not because WWE was pushing it, you know? So, yeah. WWE is going to put the handcuffs – well, they have put the handcuffs back on. They're going to have to take them off. We'll talk about them getting to live touring in a second. But the other one is Bailey. Um, we thought Bailey was going to have this huge run. She wasn't even really a part of WrestleMania. She was doing some backstage segments. And now um, her character work, like the laughing, like the, the ridiculous psycho thing, that's good stuff. I'm just kind of hoping that goes somewhere. I don't know if they're going to put the title on her. I don't know if they necessarily need to, but I think she's driving that part of the women's division. Um, and if you guys happen to see this, CM Funk, I think I shared this with you. When Bailey came on TV uh, last Friday doing her Ding Dong Hello show, they just happened to put a little bumper at the side of the screen that said w, uh, or uh, Brock Lesnar accompanied by Paul Heyman, and it was a SmackDown bumper that came up when Bailey was in the ring. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's a new bumper. But that's, that's not Brock Lesnar. That's Bailey. So I don't know if they just tipped their hat or if they made a mistake. But um, 
that, that it's like the most talked about segment, but not even though, because Bailey's just doing a great job, I think. Absolutely. I, I think the same. Uh, yeah, she's definitely executing and firing on all cylinders. I think it's okay that she's kind of taking, you know, she's not right there in the title picture right now. It's okay. She kind of reminds me, funny enough, because she interviews Seth Rollins, but she's like the Seth Rollins of the women's division. She doesn't always need to be at the top of the card. Yeah. But wherever she is, you're going to pay attention because she's doing such a good job. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's, uh, let's throw this in there since we were just talking about NXT. And, of course, we've talked about the transition from NXT to main roster and everything. But uh, let's talk about NXT real quick. And they had their uh, In Your House, which was great. Uh, Todd Pettengill. Uh, you know, CM Funk, that's a throwback. <laughs> you know, he's he's more personable and better than doing his job than some of the announcers that they've got doing there now. They need to really put him back on the payroll full time. Um, he stole the show or, or to me or for in your house. So he, and he had more uh, segments, you know, in television time than most people. Yeah. Um and they, me, back, uh, and they brought back Karate Fighters, which was fantastic. Oh, man. Loved <laughs> Karate Fighters. And uh, I kind of like Dexter, Dexter Loomis coming in there and just taking his and walking away. Um, that, that's the way to win the Karate Fight. You know, you can't lose that way. But NXT uh, has some really quality matches inside the ring. They're doing a really good job. And they're telling some decent stories. And now um, they just, WWE just, you know, did not come to terms on their contract with Samoa Joe on the main roster, but now they brought him back to NXT, and he is an enforcer for William Regal. That's cool. I, I'm liking this. Uh, he can't compete. He's still got post-concussion syndrome from an injury that he sustained about a year ago, but he can be Samoa Joe down there. Um, I'll say down there, in there, NXT. I like this. What, did you guys see this? Do you guys like this? What do you think? Big Ugly, start with you. Man, I thought his segment was terrific. You know what I'm saying? The way that he stepped to uh, – damn, what's, who's the champion? Karrion Cross. That's another thing we're going to talk about. Go ahead. My ring, the way he choked out Adam Cole in the back. I was pumped, man. This That joke was awesome. Yeah, man, and I love the fact that William Regal came in to seemingly retire. Nobody wants to see William Regal go. And Regal played that up so well. I mean, the he man sure was did. literally crying in the ring. <laughs> Under, wow. <laughs> under, just, just, you know, underrated the, his yeah. entire career, William Regal. I love William Regal, everything he's done, even the man's man thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. CM Funk? Yeah, I totally agree, man. The, the, the Joe stuff is, is perfect. What a great way to utilize him if they're not going to completely release him to wrestle yet. Um, I feel like they're going to build to that. It, it, it just came across that way, like they're going to build to him against Karrion Cross. Um, you know, maybe – at WrestleMania next year or something or whatever the takeover is before that. But uh, yeah, that was great. And, and Regal. Yeah. I just, I'll back everybody else up on that. He is so underrated and has been underutilized and underappreciated his entire career. And he's just, he's the ultimate professional. So. And here's something else that NXT is good at doing. And I, I don't know if we're going to credit triple H for this, but uh, you know, when NXT promotes something, on the pay-per-view, like William Regal at the end of the pay-per-view said, we're going to make a change. So the last thing you see on the pay-per-view is William Regal walking out of the building saying, we're going to make a change. The first thing you see on NXT television is William Regal come out to the ring. So they leave you hanging and they don't leave you hanging for an hour or two waiting for it. They go right into it. I like this. I mean, that's just, and, and, and that's good, good storytelling and good writing. And then not only do the shows flow and make sense, 
but it flows into the pay-per-views, which also makes sense. And the pay-per-views are also a bit higher quality. Not that NXT is not a bad show. I mean, you think about this big ugly, do you like the, the seemingly, this is seamless. You like this? Absolutely. I mean, listen, there's no, I don't think it's been a secret that NXT is the best produced uh, wrestling show that WWE has. Um, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> they CM Funk? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the names that people know that are working behind the scenes for WWE, and they're all former, you know, professional wrestlers or um, uh, superstars, WWE superstars. You know, it's it's not like on the main roster where you have a creative writing team that's a bunch of Hollywood writers that don't really maybe know anything about the wrestling business. So, you know, and and having Triple H and Sean and you know whoever you know the other names down there and all like they know they know how to produce a television product i mean they've been doing it forever and have done it better than you know i mean they were at the height they were doing the attitude era doing the best tv on you know wrestling so just it makes sense that it's working out now absolutely and nxt takeover was no exception i mean they had the uh the ladder match for the million dollar championship la knight and cameron grimes and ted dibiase nobody can do any wrong in that equation <laughs> nobody at all can um, we talk about la knight one set L.A. Knight. Yes, we can. All right. So I was listening once again. So I heard Mark Henry. Mark Henry went off on this guy, right? I don't know <laughs> if you heard um, that he went off on him pretty much saying that the guy is just a rock ripoff, that he's just trying to be the rock. He does all the rock mannerisms, talks in a rock cadence. Hmm. And, you know, he's like – he's pretty much like get, get your own gimmick, essentially. You know, it, it's okay to be inspired by somebody, but he just feels like he's straight copying the rock. Hmm. What do you guys think? Have you seen that? I never noticed that. But I'm like, maybe I need to talk to some, you know, some other guy, you know, to see, like, did you guys pick up on that? CM Funk? You know, I, I think I'd mentioned it a while back when L.A. Knight, Eli Drake first came into NXT. Like, I, I wasn't familiar with the Eli Drake character, and um, I'm learning the L.A. Knight character pretty quick. And I don't get that at all. Like, I mean, are there some things that kind of are similar? Sure, but I'm sure The Rock, you know, borrowed from the predecessors to him. I mean, that's, it's, you know, how the wrestling business works. It's how most things work. You know, you, um, you, you, you know, uh, imitations, the sincerest form of flattery type of a deal, you know? So, um, I, I really enjoy LA Knight. I think he's got all of the makings to be a superstar and, um, you know, he, I mean, and he's probably the best talker in NXT at the moment too, you know? So, you know, so what if he's a mini I don't see The Rock. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you cut a good promo, The Rock cut a good promo. If you're pretty crisp in the ring of what you – I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities of not to The Rock, but just some of the things The Rock did well, if you want to call them similarities. I don't, I don't think he's a Rock ripoff. I, I don't think uh, – you can't be The Rock. I mean, The Rock is a character that's not going to be duplicated, you know, might be imitated as a – as a mock somewhere, but I mean, that's that LA night. He was Eli Drake. He was doing his thing long before, um, you know, this Mark Henry came out. I don't know if he's been watching all the way through the Eli Drake or, but I don't see it. I really don't. But Eli Drake, it, the, the LA night character is sort of a little bit more conformed Eli Drake. It's the same character. It's the same guy. He's just got a little bit more handcuff on him. It's not a big deal. Um, he's just, 
coming into the WWE formula, which is fine. I, I just love, I just love what he does and I don't see it yet. I'm going to pay more attention now that uh, Mark Henry said something like that because Mark Henry is all elite now, apparently. Um, so we're going to, we're going to check that out, but uh, I, I don't see it, but that was good stuff. Uh, the whole ladder match, the title match, uh, the thing on NXT, the next couple of days, um, couple of days later when, uh, Basically, L.A. Knight solidified himself as a heel. Cameron Grimes solidified himself as a face. And Ted DiBiase put them both over. Um, you know, great stuff. And the million-dollar title being back in the picture actually making sense as opposed to being on the ringmaster, Steve Austin, which made no sense. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy, enjoy that a lot. Um, I also got to give it up to uh, – we talked about Karrion Cross, and that that's what his name is there, Big Ugly. He has a wonderful entrance, him and Scarlett. They're married. They're actually together in real life. They gel. It's great. Thank you for clearing that up. Yes, absolutely. I actually got to meet uh, both of them um, while working uh, with Maryland Championship Wrestling not too long ago. They're, they're two great people. Um, you know, they, they look evil and everything. They, they're definitely – character type people but they're, they're good people um the entrance is fantastic that nxt put together with them uh it makes a lot of sense and up until this past sunday at takeover i wasn't buying the hype yet like he's had a couple of decent matches with a couple of people but i wasn't i wasn't getting it yet i was like this character seems to have an entrance that's in, unstoppable however Karrion Cross can be beat up. Like, you know, he can – he loses some of that during the in-ring. It just didn't match for me. When Karrion Cross took on four people, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, um, these are all people that can fight, that can hit, that can wrestle, and they all took their shot in the match. And it was that, that was actually a chaotic match that was put together very, very well by the production team because I didn't see any – Flaws, you know, I'm I'm not a perfectionist by that. I'm just saying it worked really well for the 35 minutes that they were all in there. Um, and I, I think Karrion Cross came out looking better than he did when he came in, um, as far as being the champion. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I, w- I would agree with that. Like, um, I hadn't bought into it yet either. I didn't. To me, Karrion Cross is his character was it is more suited for the main roster than it is for NXT. I think because he's so much bigger than everybody else in NXT. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't help that. But um, And then just the production value of the entrance and stuff, you know, very Undertaker-esque, that kind of deal. But he just felt like he was he was more than, you know, than everybody else. Like, who was going to step up to him? But to have four guys in the ring that can go, um, and Karrion held his own in there against all those guys by far, and, and uh, I think that definitely – helped put him into his place as being the rightful, you know, person to be the, the face of NXT, if you will. So um, I, I like that. And I um, had something I was going to say. Never mind. Doesn't matter because I can't remember what it was now. So Throw it in on a tangent in a little while because yeah. that's what we do. Big Ugly, how about you? Carrying yeah. Cross. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this, I think, the last time the three of us uh, were together and, and about, you know, Carrying Cross and – how, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like a demonic Undertaker-ish thing, but when he gets in the ring, you know, his ring style doesn't really resemble that. And I felt like the one th- – this let me just say that the past match, the match at TakeOver, great. You know what I'm saying? He did good. I did not care for the week before when Adam Cole cut the promo on him and the way that he pretty much made very light of his gimmick and was like, you know, you got, they gave you the music, they gave you the interest, you know, and and to me, it's like, I could not imagine someone saying that to the Undertaker back in, you know, the 90s, like just completely 
ripping, you know, the shirt. And I, I get it. I know that we're in this age where everybody knows, but it's like, if you have a character like Karrion Cross or The Fiend, it's like you have to play into these characters. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't, to me, it just like, it's almost, it just takes everything away. And I just didn't care for that, you know, at, at the time, you know. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. And it seemed out of place at the time. But I think the match that he went through at NXT TakeOver, I think there was a reason for that promo. Because I think, because the conversations like we were having the last time, like that does the character, the gimmick does it match up with the in-ring work? And we're not sure. I think uh, NXT was getting called out on that. It's like your champion is kind of here, but he's kind of here. So he needs to get called out. Like something needs to happen to solidify carrying cross and who, who better to do it than who, who's more real than Adam Cole. You can get in, (laughs) baby, you can get in here and tell him to throw a microphone on there and just, just be real. And he did. And then Karrion Cross, you know, kind of stepped. It's like, wait a minute. Now you kind of pulled him out of his character. You pulled him out of his gimmick. What's, what's happening now? So does he back down or does he actually step up? You know, nope. Gave him the whole entrance, the whole thing. All right. What's he going to do with it? He's going to go in the ring against, I think that's the whole reason for the fatal five-way match. You couldn't just put him in there with one guy again and have him toe the line. I'm, I'm thinking that was premeditated to help get that carrying cross character back over. And it didn't seem right at the time. It felt kind of odd, but maybe that was the reason. I think you're right. I just still feel like there could have been maybe some other verbiage. I guess the part that's getting me is like the calling it out as like the company giving you this gimmick and you're not this gimmick. It's like, I don't care about whoever Karrion Cross is as a real person. Like, I'm here to see Karrion Cross. Here, I I see, and I think think the reason they did the things the way they did, from the Adam Cole promo to the match to even Karrion Cross uh, facing Regal on Tuesday night, the mystique of Karrion Cross kind of got ruined off the bat when he got injured as soon as he won the title, you know? And I think that they're trying to figure out a way to – I don't want to say repackage him, but kind of get you away from that carrying cross killer, you know, aura mystique to killer cross, still a badass, still the man, you know, and I think they kind of humanized him a little bit and all, but in a good way. Like when he came out to face Regal on Tuesday night and call him out, he was just dressed in a nice suit and tie. It wasn't all like gimmick or anything like that. He was just being a guy, you know, but he's still the champ. He still can bring it in the ring, which he had just shown on Sunday. So it kind of backed up some of that, you know, that mystique part without it being so supernatural feeling, you know, as it were. So, yeah, there could, could have been reasons behind it. But keep watching, Big Ugly. Keep watching, especially Karrion Cross, man. I, I, I like, you know, I know I forgot his name at the beginning, but it's like I like Karrion Cross. I, I, it's just some of this stuff be confusing the hell out of me when it comes to his, his gimmick. But I'll keep watching to see where they're this whole story that they're trying to tell. It can go places. I think it can. It can go places. And um, let's, um, let's throw in, uh, let's throw in AEW double or nothing, all elite wrestling. They had a full capacity of arena back at Daly's place uh, for this pay-per-view and actually CM Funk and I got to watch this uh, live. It was happening. Uh, We were entertained. We didn't want it to stop. Uh, It was a very fast three and a half hours. Um, They fit fit nine matches in, in like three and a half hours. It was unbelievable. They sure did. And uh, they did the right thing by doing the pre-show, during the videos, during the pre-show. I think they had one video package during the whole pay-per-view, I think. 
And that was, that was beautiful. It was seamless. I mean, everything from Hangman, Adam Page to, oh, Young Bucks and Moxley and Kingston, fantastic, great, uh, just wonderful stuff. Jungle Boy and his whole thing, oh, 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 we didn't pay for that. They did. That's okay. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes, the American Dream that night, every Miro, Dr. Britt Baker, for God's sake, winning the, winning the title, Darby Allen and Sting having a match. Sting, Sting having Sting. a match. Sting, Sting looked good. At 60 years like, old. Sting looked good. It was good. It he, looked he, great. They, they booked him the exact proper way to where all he had to do was come in, hit his big moves, take a little bit of a beating, and slap on uh, the Scorpion Deathlock at the end and win the, win the match. So it was perfect. Booked beautifully. Made him look great. Yeah, I'm telling you, you, you I couldn't say it better. That was that was great booking. Uh, Kenny Omega, uh, the champion of champions, all the champions, Orange Cassidy and Pack, uh, you know, great stuff. And then of course the stadium stampede, the inner circle. Actually, read a couple of days later, they didn't hide this. They were filming that for four days, and you know, different segments. But of course, they um, they led it into putting all the segments together and then having everybody dressed the same way and then show up at Daly's place, um, you know, to finish it in the ring, which was in, in front of the live fans, which is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you have to do that. Um, and they, they used the stadium inside out. They did a great job. Um, and the inner circles, uh, you know, and all the pinnacle inner circle stays together cause they won. Um, just uh, all of them. And then putting Sammy Guevara over, actually letting him get the win and get the glory. I, just wonderful. Everything was great. CM Funk, I'm going to start with you since you watched it with me. Highlights, lowlights, I don't think there were any, but what did you think? No, I, I mean, to me, the, the, the highlight was the end, um, the, the uh, stadium stampede match. It was the perfect marriage of um, live wrestling along with the cinematic uh, match and all. Like, that was how you're supposed to do it. If you're going to tape some of it beforehand, that's how you uh, pull it off, and I thought they did a great job with that. So, cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Big, big ugly. Did you hear about any of this? Did you see any of it online anywhere? No, I, uh, I mean, as you guys know, I never watch AEW. That's okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, rely on you guys. I mean, only thing I've been hearing online is, uh, that Miro is, I guess, making a decent transition to AEW. Mm -hmm. yep. A lot of people hate Cody Rhodes for some reason. That That's <laughs> all I know. Everybody hates Cody. Well, I'm not everybody. I'm sorry. Like, Cody ran this big promo, had this big 10-minute promo a few weeks back where he just got into this whole thing about um, – uh, I guess it was a whole – it was a racial, um, you know, motivated speech. Not – he wasn't being racist, but right. just being racially inclusive. And it – and it, it, it was just, it felt out of place. Like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like he just started cutting this promo and it was just, it was just, it was odd. Like it was a great promo. The, the message was wonderful, but it just didn't make sense with what anything that was going on with his storyline. It was just so weird and out of place. I think that's where a lot of the, the uh, stuff about Cody's kind of coming from now. It's kind of like, has he maybe lost a little bit of touch all of a sudden with, yeah. you know, what's, what's going on, but. I think he wanted to clear his conscience before inevitably he is. Uh, and I see the clock ticking up there. We got the, eh, the buzzer's going to come soon, shortly. Um, yeah, I, th I think he's clearing his conscience. You know, his wife's about to have a baby. Uh, he's going to be off TV for a little while, not too long. But um, I think he wants to clear everything and then come back fresh. Um, you know, that's, that's all that is. And of course he's one of the, uh, you know, one of the owners of the company or whatever. So he can pretty much do that if he wants to do that. Um, then, and people are going to hate on him because he's in a good place. He's doing good stuff and he's happy so, you know, so 
Right. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's making good money for his family. Yeah. So that's good stuff. And one more thing about AEW. I just saw it online today uh, or yesterday, I think. They are going to be working in New York City. They are going to be inside of the uh, tennis stadium, the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium, like the main court, center court. And they're going to be doing AEW Dynamites called Grand Slam right from there. Uh, that is – that's incredible. I wish I could go on a Wednesday night to New York City to watch that. Um you know, it's just – it's incredible to see an open tennis court like that. Of course, they're going to have to build a canopy just in case it rains or whatever. But, I mean, that's I, – I, I think it I think it has a retractable roof. Oh, yeah, that's right. It does. I saw the white the white thing on time. That's true. Um, so, that's that's great. I mean, what did CM Funk, did you see this? I did see the announcement for that. Um, yeah, cool. Somebody's – there. Uh, AEW has been the forerunner in the, or the front runner as far as getting things back on the road and everything again. So, um Kudos to them for doing that too, you know. Absolutely. Up. And uh, it's in, inside of a tennis court where in a tennis court you, you're supposed to be quiet most of the time. Um, this is going to be loud. Uh, it's going to be very loud. It's going to be very good. And, and uh, Big Ugly, I want to ask you, well, we got uh, time remaining on segment one, um, a, uh, WWE going back on the road. Um, you know, of course, they're going to have Hell in a Cell's their last pay-per-view in the Thunderdome. Then they're going to have Money in the Bank pay-per-view live in front of fans as well as SummerSlam in Vegas. And they're going to have 25 cities out on the tour. And then they're going to take it to Labor Day and then see what happens from there. But um, do you think they need to shake things up, change the formula, you know, bring back a whole lot of names? What do they need to do? Because if they put out the same product that they're putting on television right now as a whole, they ain't going to sell out 25 venues. They ain't even going to sell out five of them. You, re- you think so? I mean, people want to get back out there, and then people – I know people want to go, but, I mean, you know, there, there's there, – you know. So you don't think that this quality, this quality of show is good enough for live audiences? It's just I, good enough for the Thunderdome? Not the whole show. Not the entire – I think bits and pieces of the show are, but if you try to put two or three hours out there – I think people are going to be sitting on their hands. I mean, we kind of saw it at NXT. If you saw a little bit of that, they were into a whole, a lot of it, but a lot of times, I mean, and that was just 500 people. They were sitting there quiet and they had to pipe in the crowd noise again. I'm just thinking they need to shake some stuff up. We need, we need something big to happen and we need to happen sooner than later. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Listen, I I think that they're not making all these cuts for no reason. (laughs) They're gearing up for somebody's salary. So I think <laughs> <laughs> got to pay Brock Lesnar somewhere. Exactly, exactly. We know who it is. So I think right, Cena, Lesnar, um, Becky Lynch, Shane, Shane McMahon come back. You know, guys that are attractions that probably you know they're not going to be there every week. But being that they're running on like a limited touring schedule, it'll be good enough to start getting people back in. So I definitely, I definitely agree with you that they're going to have to shake things up a little bit. I do think that there are some programs that are that are just great no matter what. Like, I think what's going on with Roman Reigns, you know, I, I think he's at the top of his game. That's, like, my favorite part of watching SmackDown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess some of the other stuff they will have to – I think SmackDown is cool. I just enjoy SmackDown in general. Like, SmackDown is cool. It's a good show. Uh, I think they, a couple of tweaks that they can make. Uh, CM Funk, we got the three-minute warning here. Um, tell us what you think about WWE going back on the road. <laughs> three Sorry, minutes. Looking, looking for Jamal and Rosie. Sorry. I was looking for uh, Eric Bischoff in a mask. But, uh, yeah. you know, go ahead. What do you think? 
um, I'm, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit that I think they're going to have trouble uh, selling out to start with and all just because there isn't that draw right at the moment. Um, I mean, Raw is absolutely horrible to watch. I, hmm. I haven't watched an entire episode of Raw in months. So um, I, I, I start and can't get through it. Um, SmackDown is much better, much better. But I don't know that Roman by himself is the draw to bring everybody in. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, SummerSlam's around the corner. I've some big rumors that I'm sure we'll get to at some point in mm-hmm. all about SummerSlam. So yeah, and we're going to talk we'll about see. yeah, we're going to talk about that in segment three of this podcast um, because we're in uh, segment one right now. But uh, CM Funk is going to be taking a little break from Zoom meetings for a few minutes. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to come back in segment two. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Rico Diamante and Sol Esparza. We're going to we're going to have a conversation with them. I'm sorry if I'm saying the names wrong. I'm just too excited about this. Um, Saul and Rico. I mean, that's how I put it that way. Rico and Saul, independent professional wrestling. They have a history together, but they also have a lot of stories to tell about, um, you know, professional wrestling as a whole pandemic coming out of the pandemic. And in segment three after that, CM Funk is going to come back and join us. And we're going to talk about things, uh, Things on Monday Night Raw, such as Eva Marie, the evolution. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about the upcoming Hell in a Cell. And we're also going to talk about uh, CM Funk. Uh, you know, at Big Ugly did make this. She said, you know, all those cuts ain't happening for a reason. So we're going to talk about a lot of those cuts and, um, you know, what happened last year as opposed to what happened this year. So, Big Ugly, what do you think? We'll uh, finish this segment off and we'll come back with a couple of uh, Rico and Saul guys. How about that? Sounds good. All right, CM Funk, enjoy the break. Come back to us at about uh, 45 minutes from now. And thank you to all the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners. We will be back shortly after this brief musical interlude if we're still doing that. We are back. Going up again on segment... Uh, well, I don't know what segment it is, but it's the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined once again by the one, the only, hashtag no hashtag king of non-social media and possibly still the king of social distancing. CM Punk. <laughs> there it is. All right. Welcome back, gentlemen. So, of course, you know, in the world of professional wrestling, uh, things happen, um, you know, and, and it looks like uh, we're, you know, people some people are... Fired. Right, <laughs> you're right. Things happen, um, you know, but that that's okay. It just bring, adds uh, more fuel to the fire. And um, so wherever we end up splicing in that, uh, and I want to say it's it's Rico Hendricks. I was using a former name for him. I was using a pre-quarantine, pre-COVID name for him. It's definitely Rico Hendricks. Hendricks. It's definitely Solace Barza. And uh, whether you heard him before this or after this, I don't know, Big Ugly, where we're tying it in, but it's going to be a hell of a conversation. Um between those two because it just added more fuel to the fire with, with scheduling conflicts with the both of them. I think they're Hollywooding each other. That's this business. That's what's going on here. Um, it's, it's, it's either, it's either going to be a good uh, interview or it already was, or it was. <laughs> so. one way or another, uh, you know, but we appreciate cause the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast spreads all over and uh, we want to thank, we spread like COVID. We got to come up with some kind of catchphrase, you know, we're spreading better than COVID. Um, so you know, there's no vaccine for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. It's just dirty and ugly. That's what it is. <laughs> That's the way we like it. Um, 
you know, shout out to the PVD cast, uh, Mr. John Orlando, who had me on as a guest not too long ago. Check out the PVD cast. Um, he's got all kinds of uh, entertainment and professional wrestling, all kinds of stuff going on. He's based out of Ohio. He's a ring announcer as well. Um, so a great conversation we had with him uh, on the PVD cast. Check it out on Facebook um, and all other uh, outlets as well. So segment three or two, or it's our second segment here of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we're talking about episode 95. We left a few cliffhangers in our first segment. Let's jump into uh, some word association, and if we have a Hall of Fame conversation at the end, Big Ugly, it's always good about that. You know, no problem whatsoever. And I we want to sh- run out of people. <laughs> There's never anybody to rock. I, I can Google a list, and it'll be good. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm going to tell you this about uh, Jam and Jason. I want to shout out to him real quick. You know, uh, he's got a family doing real good, doing graduations, doing uh, college admissions, um, you know, and he's feeling better and better every day. So de- definitely a shout out to Jam and Jay. Um, hopefully he joins us back on the podcast. And it was great to have him last time on this Zoom podcast here. And uh, Dirty Ugly Funky is coming up uh, sometime soon. Got <laughs> I love that CM Funk. Uh, Dirty Ugly Funky. Uh, I'm really a a fan of that. I got to put it right here on the, on the logo. Um, so let's just, uh, start with a little non pro wrestling because that's what we do. We go off on tangents sometimes. Um, let's just start off with Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather at the hard rock stadium in Florida where the super bowl was. Um, it's an eight round exhibition Floyd Mayweather 40. I think he's my age, 44 years old, roughly coming out of retirement. Um, to take on Logan Paul, who's an internet influencer and all-around asshole, apparently, is what he is. Uh, you know, he was in that Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn thing at WrestleMania, which was weird. But uh, first Super of all, weird, did, <laughs> first of all, did either one of you see this fight in its entirety or hear about it, Big Ugly? I'm going to start with you. Uh, I did. I was watching it through someone's TikTok as they went live on it. So, mm. yeah, it was very appreciated. Uh, that's that's a little pirate, you know. Yeah, that, that happens, yeah. you know. Whatever. Yeah. So, uh, it yeah, I watched for I watched a couple rounds. I didn't get to see the whole thing because their their live ended. But of course, I went back and saw like you know the rest of the highlights and stuff. Um, you, you probably know, saw it before uh, Logan Paul blew up because once he blew up, he wasn't really doing nothing. But, yeah, it was uh, done after that. By the time it got to round three, he was, he was done. <laughs> he was done, man. And uh, Floyd was tagging him. I knew, you know, I, I, this is the way I felt. I felt it went the way I thought it would. Uh, it went like a typical Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, I know that Daniel Cormier had kind of commented after the fight and was like, you know, Logan Paul went eight rounds with the best ever, like not a good look for Floyd. And I, I, and I was just wondering, I was like, to me, I was like, you saying that, you sound stupid. Because when was the last time Floyd Mayweather knocked out anybody? And you, Floyd Mayweather didn't even knock out people in his own weight class. Do you expect him to knock out who's essentially a heavyweight? Like, come on. I, I'm telling you. CM Funk, did you get to see the fight? Did you hear about the fight? You know, I, I heard about it. I did not get to see about it. I I um I had fifty nine ninety five that I felt like blowing elsewhere. Um, so there was that. But uh, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Just hearing about it, I'm like, it was a Floyd Mayweather fight. I mean, has there ever been an exciting Floyd Mayweather fight? I mean, not really. So, right. Yeah, it was what it was. I you mean, know, the most was- exciting Floyd Mayweather fight. You guys are not going to be surprised at my answer. 
WrestleMania 24 <laughs> against the Big Show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know why? Because it was a well-thought-out, well-produced boxer versus wrestler match. It was the Hulk Hogan and Thunderlips of, uh, <laughs> of the modern generation, oh. so to speak. Put the brakes on there, buddy. <laughs> Come on now. I'm just saying the boxer versus the wrestler. Yeah, that, and they even mentioned that on Showtime. Of course, Mauro Ronaldo had to bring up the, uh, the, the professional wrestling reference several times. Um, and he did because I still love Mauro Ronaldo. I think he's one of the best announcers out there. He's really good at his job. Very passionate, very detailed. I watched the fight after the fact. Um, I, I, I wanted – after to see the results on that social media thing just to see what happened and i saw it went the distance i saw it went it was a draw basically pretty pretty much and i'm like just like big ugly said yeah this is a typical floyd mayweather fight he's a businessman before he's anything else and if you pay he knows people paid 59.95 to watch it on pay-per-view he knows all these people came out of the pandemic to to pay tickets to watch this fight in this big stadium so even if he could knock out logan paul which he might not this is, again, it's a heavyweight. I don't know. But I think Logan Paul was kind of a dragon ass uh, third or fourth round. You know, if Mayweather stiffed him a couple of times, I'm sure he probably could have knocked him down at least. Um, but Mayweather gives you your money's worth. And Mayweather is smart. That's how he went undefeated for so long and how his, his career had so much longevity. He knew how to stay away. Uh, but- I, I think in his contract, it says he has to go the distance in every single uh, bout. So in order for him to make that 50 mil, you know, he's going to go the distance. If that's what it says for him to do, he's going to do it. And, and you, you, there might be a fair amount of truth in that, um, you know, because a lot of, lot of stuff kind of especially would happen with Don King, Mike Tyson, all that kind of stuff. Mike Tyson knocked most people out within the first round. So there was this build up and build up and build up until he lost the two fights and then he went down. But, you know, but there was all this build up and then you had an undercard that nobody knew about. And then you had a main event fight that the announced the, um, the interviews or I'm sorry, the intros were five times longer than the match. And it was a knockout. Now, it's cool. You know, it's good to see a knockout, but it's like, OK, it's over. Now what? But at the end of this fight, Logan Paul and Mayweather, you had however many fans in the stadium booing. Like, they were booing because there was no knockout. They were booing because, they're, they're, you know, the second half of the fight kind of dragged. I'm like, well, what do you expect? People, <laughs> people wanted to see Logan Paul knock out Floyd Mayweather more than they wanted to see Logan Paul get knocked out. Because who cares if Logan Paul gets knocked out? But if right. he can knock out money – it's money, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It, it was interesting just to kind of see, and then a couple of shots that Logan took, and just to kind of hear the announcers put the fight over. And then, of course, they shook hands afterwards and put each other over. I don't know if there'll be a rematch. Maybe, maybe not. But, you oh, know, yeah. look. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think so. Logan Paul is – you know, got 1.5 billion. I don't know. We got to get him on the podcast, Big Ugly, because he's going <laughs> to yeah, he'll, 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 we'll, he'll help blow us up a little bit. <laughs> like he was blown up in the fight. But I tell you, it was, a, <laughs> it was interesting just to see the dynamic and to kind of see a live event happening. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot more live events as things are opening up in the world. But, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't have any hate for any one of them. They both got in there. They went through it. They did it. They, they lasted eight rounds. Good for them. They put on a show. And, uh, you know, neither one of them are any worse to, you know, are worse to wear right now. So, good for them. And they made a ton of money. Yeah. So, that's, that's my non-wrestling 
tangent. Um, I guess this next one is kind of a non-wrestling tangent, but it's, it is wrestling. Eva Marie. Um, and I say it's non-wrestling because we really haven't seen her wrestle uh, since she tried to go back down to NXT to learn how to wrestle again before she left the company. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen all the buildup on for the last six weeks, the evolution, because we don't watch Monday Night Raw a lot. And that's usually where the evolution promos took place. Um, it was all about her wearing sexy clothing and modeling. And then it was about her working out um, and then her doing uh, public relations work. And then finally they said, oh, you know, Eva Marie is going to compete. Eva Marie is going to compete. She's going to get in the ring. Okay. It made me interested to see it. I saw it. And then she brought down the chick from NXT UK and actually called her Eva Marie. But that's not her name. Not even close. Um, and she had the other chick get in the ring and basically squash Naomi, which she's a former champion. She, you know, former battle royal winner. Uh, you know, she, she got squashed. I don't, I don't really like it. But she's a legitimate squash. That's why they did it for her. But then they said Eva Marie wins, and then she took all the credit. And now she's taking all the credit. Um, have you seen any of this? Big Ugly, let's start with you. Do, do you like it? What have you seen? Do you have any faith in this story at all? Uh, well, you know, um, so Naomi got Kofi'd as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. That yeah. is now a verb. <laughs> but, uh, I think that, uh, I don't understand bringing Eva Marie back. Um, you know, I, I heard she was just coming back in more of a managerial style capacity. Is that true? Well, I mean, apparently that's what it is. Uh, she's going to yeah. put. Her, this this uh, NXT UK chick in the ring or, or other people that are unknown, put them in the ring against legitimate contenders and probably have them squash them for a while. I don't have anything against Eva Marie. I really don't. And I don't mind her coming back. I think what, what goes off in my mind is thinking about all the people that have, that have been let go to bring somebody like Eva Marie back, who I feel like is not as talented, has already had a shot and not proven to be as talented as some of the people that was let go. That's, that's what goes off in my head. Um, but that's not her fault, you know what I'm saying? She didn't, you know, tell anybody, you know, tell them to get rid of anybody, you know. Um, yeah. But it's like when I think about, you know, you guys know I'm a big Iconics fan. I'm like, yo, the Iconics are gone, but even Marie is back. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm just like, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, Ruby Riot is gone, Ruby but Riot Eva Marie is, is back. Even Marie is back. Like, I mean, Mickey James is gone, but Eva Marie is back. No, Lana is gone, yet Eva Marie is back. <laughs> Lana, even Lana. Right. Been, Lana is not in the ring. <laughs> and so when you think about what Eva Marie and how she, the, the capacity in which she's operating in, which if she's going to be a manager, any one of those women that we named could be doing that same function. Yep. Agreed. This is 100% correct. Go, go ahead, CM Funk. Uh, I I can't say it any better. I mean, what is the point of this? Like, she was I, – I get it. It's the whole tease thing. And she obviously – she has tons of social media followers and stuff like that. Yep. And I get it. It's sports entertainment and everything. But, oh, why? What What is the purpose? Like, if Piper Niven, by the way, that's who uh, the Thank NXT you. UK uh, – um, I apologize. Uh, was that, that came out uh, – if she can get over because of this, good, fantastic. Uh, I'll be behind it 100% because Piper Niven is is a really, really talented uh, wrestler. 
But otherwise, I, I got no time for this whatsoever. I'd prefer the evolution over the evolution. evolution. Wow. So, yeah. And neither of those things went anywhere. So there you go. But Oh, my goodness. Now, and the fact that we're having a long conversation about Eva Marie at this point in time is crazy. Um, it's just, but that's what's, that's what's happening. It's about what, you know, the anticipation of what you're going to see and then not knowing what you're going to see. I don't think we, at this point, I don't think we should ever see Eva Marie, actually Eva Marie compete in the ring at all, ever. I don't think. And I think what you said is the reason she's back. She went out here and she garnered a following on her own because of her, you know, she does a lot of like uh, athletic training, you know, fitness training and stuff like that. And so she's built a pretty good following. And I think WWE wants to cash in on that, you know, hoping that she'll bring in her following to watch the program, you know. Um, That's what it is. Because yeah. the, uh, the stuff with um, with Eva Marie, that, that, that has jumped the shark is basically what it's doing. It's jumping the ratings. It's, it's, it's giving a push to that segment of the show. Is it though? I mean, really? It, it did. It actually did. Uh, according to the numbers that I'm, I mean, of course that could be inflated, but that's what I'm saying, you know, because she's got a lot of followers and it's a lot of steam and it's a lot more now because it's more professional wrestling followers that are following her that not, weren't necessarily following her when she was doing all this public relations stuff and all this, you know, so it's, and when it falls off and when it dies, that's when we won't, we don't see even Marie anymore, you know? So it's got to be worth something to somebody. Yeah. Man, it, it could be. I don't know. But, I, you know, we're going to see it for at least for the short term. <laughs> we're going to see it. Um, it's going to happen. Until, so, WWE, until WWE decides to just drop it without any kind of fanfare whatsoever. Oh, because that's what they do. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, I say, we, we talked about Samoa Joe in our other segment, which is great. And then, you know, the other guy that I'm really shocked to see move away was Braun Strowman I mean he's been the WWE champion very recently he's been in championship storylines recently he is a attraction a live event attraction is what he is um and then he's just gone so I don't know if that was a, a, a couldn't come to contract negotiations or if I know he's had some heat backstage over time but you know, that's a guy that I would want to see if you see Braun Strowman's name on a card that's somebody that I would I would say part of me, I would pay money to go see him do something live. Um, that's just one thing. Even Marie, I'm not going to pay anything. Just personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the, the Braun Strowman thing, I think that ship sailed though a couple of years ago. They missed, they literally missed the boat with him. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, or they missed the train. I guess they missed the train with the him. Train. Was, but, uh, ah. Yeah. I think had they, had they captured what he had, and rolled with it, then he, we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about him being gone. He'd still be a top draw. He, but yeah, he would be. But at this point, I don't think he's worth much to them. You know. Yeah. So. And then uh, I did read something somewhere that he said that I was gonna I was gonna wrestle for the WWE, and if I wasn't wrestling for the WWE, I'm not gonna wrestle anywhere. Well, that may be what he said and what he said. But if if somebody can throw a whole bunch of money his way, um, and the right dot, the right time, the right deal. Never say never, especially in this business. Yeah, because I'm sure when he said that, you know, he was looking down the, the lens of a long career with WWE, you know, because he's been a top guy. But, you know, that got cut short and unexpectedly. And I completely agree with you guys. Uh, they completely just botched the handling of this guy. And I, I just don't know how you do it. And, and here's the thing. You know, we always talk about, you know, or a lot of people talk about Vince being like an older man and being out of touch, right? 
But it's like Braun Strowman fit into the era that Vince McMahon came up on of like the big the guy, big man, the big man. And it's like I just don't know how he got fumbled. I, I really don't understand it. Now, I, I, it's it's a lot of these guys now, or, or and gals. I'm not. I say guys generally speaking. Um, it they seem to like not pay attention to what the fan reaction is, and yet that's what they claim. You know that that's what they're looking for. And it's like, well, some people it's so obvious to see when they're over or not over, and. And whoever it is in WWE making those final decisions, whether it's Vince, because Vince gets, you know, pooped on all the time and everything. Oh, but but there's other people there that, you know, have his ear and, you know, and make decisions. So it's like, so it's, I, I don't I don't understand how they mess up with some of these, you know, obvious uh, runs that are out there. But let me uh, let me just run down the list while we're talking about this. Braun Strowman, Lars Sullivan. They dropped the ball with him a couple times. Um, he dropped his own ball. Well, Yeah. It didn't go either way. Big Show, who's now in all elite wrestling as a commentator and possibly a competitor again. Uh, Steve Cutler, Andrade, you know, just a language barrier, unfortunately, because he's one of the most talented people uh, ever. Billy Kay, we talked. Andrade is now in AEW, so. Yep, that's right. That's right. Billy Kay, we talked about her uh, from the Iconics and Peyton Royce as well. Um, Samoa Joe, they picked that ball back up. So we talked about that a little earlier. Kalisto. Um, just bury him in 205 Live or put him in NXT. That, that would be great. Mickey James, we talked about. Uh, Chelsea Green, who hey, is uh, – just throw in uh, – you brought up Mickey James. So she's in NWA now, um, and they're uh, getting ready to run their first ever completely all-women's show, and it's executive produced by Mickey James. She's going to be the one booking it and everything too. So um, so kind of, uh, kind of a neat deal for her, you know. Pretty nice for her and a, uh, a shot back to say, well, WWE is not going to do the actual evolution again like they had did won the pay-per-view. So let's – and the NWA is going to do it. And they got a, a pretty good amount of talent over there from what I'm seeing. And that's pretty good for uh, an internet streaming show, um, just one yeah. hour a week. Not bad. Um, Tucker is gone. So no more Otis and Tucker. Um, no more Otis, Otis. really. Otis, Otis is- did, did you all see Shave the Beard off? Like Yeah. He, he looks like a uh, predator. Is uh, What is it, to catch a predator? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's... character got fumbled, like, after that uh, thing just... I uh, sure yeah. did. Pandemic killed any chance that Otis had. Because yeah. um, he was actually getting over with live crowd. Um, so that, that, that just died right there. Uh, Bo Dallas. Ah, uh, I believe. I really did. <laughs> um, Wesley Blake. Uh Covita is it div- amazing? Is it amazing that of the uh, the sons of uh, what were they called? The sons of it was Cutler, Blake, and uh, Jackson Riker. Yeah. Jackson Riker is the one who's still employed, and he's the how, one who had uh, the problems with social media comments and stuff like that. How, how about that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Jessamine Duke, uh, Vanessa Bourne, Skylar Story, uh, Ezra Judge. I'm getting down into the list. Alexander Wolf. How about that one? I didn't see that one coming. Velveteen Dream. I mean, good Lord. Come on. We talked about Braun Strowman. Lana, we talked about her. Buddy Murphy. Man, he towed the line for so long. Alistair Black. They just did promos with this guy after WrestleMania to build him back up. Ruby yeah, Riot. Poor, terrible. Poor, Go ahead. Poor, poor, poor Big E. He, uh, he got to have one, you know, kind of work with uh, Alistair Black, and then now Big E's not even on television because they've got nothing to do with him because they took I, away his dance partner. I can't know? believe it. Uh, Santana Garrett. I mean, it's just, I, oh, and that there's probably more that I'm missing, but 
I'm, I'm telling you, here's, and I think I said this to UCM Funk offline, um, last year at this time, the WWE really didn't make a lot of cuts. Uh, you normally when they do their spring cleaning shortly after WrestleMania, they do spring cleaning, they do a draft, they shake things up. Um, they didn't really have an opportunity to do that last year because everything was kind of shut down on quarantine. And I don't think Vince wanted to be the guy to cut somebody when we're in the middle of pandemic. Yes. They're independent contractors, you know, yeah, they're, they, they lost a lot of their income due to, um, you know, no live show revenues or, you know, nothing like that. Um, but whatever money they had coming in, I think they, I'm pretty sure this is just my opinion. I've seen this a couple places, but I don't, I don't think Vince wanted to be that guy. So a lot of people that theoretically could have gotten cut last year, probably got cut this year. Yeah. And it's probably happening all at once because if you cut this list in half and you spread it out over the period of three months, some of them make sense. Um, and some of these bigger names have the bigger contracts, um, which we talked about a little earlier is a lot of that money that needs to get freed up for a lot of these people that are going to come back, not for a hot dog and a handshake. Um, and also not just for that, but I mean, when you think about building a Thunderdome had to be costly. Oh my God. Now, yes. And now getting back on a road has to be costly. Uh, you know, so they've got to also cut costs there. And on top of the fact, like you're talking about pay for, you know, probably people like Goldberg or Brock Lesnar coming in. So yeah. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, uh, Becky Lynch coming back, John Cena coming Cena. back. Right, right. Um, the Rock has been in conversations and questions, um, you know, just for little appearances to build up. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, these are big, these are big ticket names, and you're not going to be able to pay these guys off with a hot dog and a handshake. Not anymore. Um, so, <laughs> CM Funk, what do you think about this, uh, this possibility, this story, all these layoffs, you know, um, what do you think? And, and then, you know, we talked about them getting back on the road. What do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think it is a cost-cutting measure to, to get back on the road, for one thing. And then, um, you know, and, and most of the people, let's be honest, I mean, the majority of the people that were laid off, like, have not had anything going on. Like, I mean, most of them I forgot were even employed anyway with WWE. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then, you know, I think in order to, to kind of draw – you know, kind of some publicity, you have to put some big names out there, you know, and, and, and let them go just to, you know, kind of get your name, you know, what, what they say, you know, bad publicity is, you know, doesn't matter. Any publicity it's, it's, is publicity. Yeah. Publicity. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's, there's some interesting rumors out there about SummerSlam. I kind of mentioned that earlier and all, um, you know, I keep reading about John Cena against Roman Reigns for the main event, you know, it's like, so yeah. I mean, how do you go and, pay for them i mean while well, i'll take a hot dog handshake i'm still you know, king of social distancing yeah. that, it's gonna be uh, a hot dog and a fist bump at this point maybe right. or a hot dog and an air five i wanted to go on a tangent about go for it roman oh. Reigns. Oh. oh okay so roman reigns as i said you know i've been liking what he's doing what do you guys think because i was, I was watching something that i completely agree that they don't have any good faces for reigns right now on smackdown to the point where my man is literally facing <laughs> all respect to Ray Mysterio, right? All respect. But come on, man. Do like do we honestly think like Ray Mysterio a chance with Roman Reigns? You know what I'm saying? <sighs> I love Ray. I do. Um all respect. I, I love Ray. <laughs> I, you know, this is 
a classic case of we got nothing for you. Um, both guys, actually. I would say this is like the opposite of we got nothing for you. But when you're the top star and we got nothing for you, like that's really bad. Like, it's 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 bad. Um, and you know, putting Rey Mysterio at however old he is now, fifty something, uh, in a Hell in a Cell match with Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, um, nobody's giving Rey a shot in Hell um, in a Cell, but. You know, I, I get the story. Okay, Roman beat up Dominic. Okay. Dude, he well, freaking threw him out of the ring. Like, yeah. I mean, tossed him. Yeah, like he long darted him almost. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, beat the hell out of Dominic. Okay, so you beat up my son. Now I want revenge on this. Okay. Well, since Dominic came into WWE, everybody's been beating him up. Um, so Ray's been kind of going after the same people. And now they won the tag team titles, and now they lost the tag team titles. Um, it's like Ray could Ray couldn't even really beat Seth Rollins, and I'm not uh, to believe that you know Seth Rollins took his eye out, man. Right, and that was a good storyline, actually. That was a, but I didn't think Ray was ever going to come back and be victorious on that storyline. I will say this though: Ray Mysterio is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, is what they call it. You know, he's a WWE champion. Much respect. But here's here's <clears throat> I don't know if we can see this on the Zoom. Here's here's Roman Reigns. Here's Ray Mysterio. Right here, yeah. maybe maybe here, um, depending on if he's you know on the top rope. Period. Right here, but you know at this point in his career, Rey Mysterio winning the Universal Championship, that would shock the hell out of me if they write something s- swerving to do that. Of course, he would lose it the next week on SmackDown, but any anything can happen in the WWE. What I don't want to see is probably what's going to happen. Roman Reigns is going to dominate the whole match. Rey Mysterio is going to take some crazy bumps that he doesn't need to take at this point in his career. And this is going to write Rey Mysterio off for a while, if, if not ever. Because the whole point of Rey being with Dominic is for Dominic to get a, you know, a leg into the business so Dominic can do what he wants to do. And then he'll get, probably get laid off next year. But I, I'm sorry. I hate to say it. I'm sorry. Uh, but this is what I'm seeing. I mean, do you, do you guys see any other way this match happens? I mean, are you intrigued about seeing Rey Mysterio get beat up by Roman Reigns? I mean, are, is, is this intriguing at all? I think that's the point. I'm not intrigued. Like, and it sucks because Roman Reigns is such a great heel character, and it just goes to show, like, they do not have a good baby face for him to go up against. Does it do, does it do anything for Roman Reigns at this point? Does it elevate his character at all? By doing this, probably not, right? No, I don't think it elevates it, but I think it keeps it in line at least. You know, it keeps that 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 badass, you know, <laughs> head head of the table, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, he it doesn't it doesn't have to elevate, and he doesn't need to be elevated at this point by anybody or for anything. But he needs to just go through and just wreck everyone that comes into his in his way, basically, at this point, and that that solves it with Bray. Here's here's something in it to go to your tangent here, big ugly. Um, here's something for Roman Reigns. Uh, he's had the whole, uh, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, you know, who just came back. I, I can't remember. One of them just came back. Anyway, he had the whole feud last year inside Hell in a Cell. That was great storytelling with that, you know, acknowledge me, head of the table. Other Uso coming back now. Why not just add him into the mix? And if you have to, 
not rehash, but kind of do that story with three people now instead of two. Have the three of them in a hell in a cell. Have them hash it out. You, you're not acknowledging me. You're, you want the tag team titles. You're confusing the, your brother. Let's, let's hash it out in hell in a cell. Let's beat the hell out of each other. And if I come out on top and I beat the both of you, just like I beat Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, you both acknowledge me. You both follow me. Something like that. That would make more sense, especially with all the stories they're trying to tell with the Usos. Listen, I agree. I'm personally, I'm, I am more invested in the story between the three of them than I am in him fighting Rey Mysterio because Dominic got beat up. It's, it's like they I, threw, threw it in for no reason. CM Funk, I, I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, no. The, the only thing that I could see is maybe a possibility is if you have the Usos come down, or Jimmy, because Jimmy's the one that came back. Thank you. Um, if, if you have him come down and he costs Roman, you know, the title and all. That way, Roman doesn't look weak, you know, by losing to Ray out of the blue. You get a pop by having Ray win the title, and then you continue on the story. And Roman can come back and just destroy Ray the next week, like you said on SmackDown, and win the title right back. But he's got now; he still has real beef and real heat with uh, Jimmy, you know, or whatever. So, and you can continue that that kind of storyline. Like I could see that working, but otherwise, I I don't care about the. The whole thing. So. Speaking of, I love the way Reigns is gaslighting Jimmy, like making yeah. it look like he's doing something to his brother. It, it's freaking great, man. Yeah. See, yeah. I, every segment that they play on that stuff, I love that stuff. It's, it's, it's awesome. Fantastic. And and bringing the Usos back to fight for the tag team titles, that was genius. Those, those you know, that was a that was great story, great matches right there, and because they can do that anytime. So I knew that this sounded familiar. Isn't this the exact same storyline that happened with Ray and Brock Lesnar? Didn't Lesnar, like, beat up Dominic, and then Ray is like, I got to fight you now, and then he goes and gets the uh, – the- Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I so guess they- it's kind of hard It's kind of hard with Ray, though. I mean, he's always going to be the David, the David versus Goliath story. So, yeah. uh, you know, unless he wrestled Dink. But well, he could. He might be dead. I don't know. But Hornswoggle's not. But, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I've always been intrigued by the big guy versus the little guy, and it, it could be a good dynamic, but I just don't see – it just doesn't make sense for, to, for Rey Mysterio to pull off this miracle because it's not Rey being built at all. This is Roman being built on the back of Rey um, and just giving Roman something to do. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Now, we have another Hell in a Cell match. There are two Hell in a Cell matches that I know of. The other one is uh, first time anywhere um, in history, Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. Um, I'm so excited about that. First time ever. Now, they did say that this is the last chance. So if Drew McIntyre does not beat Bobby Lashley, then Drew does not get another shot at Lashley while Lashley is the champion. Now, of course, if Lashley loses to somebody else, then Drew could have another shot. Oh, um, already been too much. Too much. It's like, I, you know, I feel like the storyline about, like, if this was Rey Mysterio, like, trying to overcome Goliath, and it takes him a while, and then he finally does it. But it's like... To me, there's no excuse for Drew McIntyre. At this point, it's like, yo, you are bigger than Bobby Lashley. I do right. not feel sorry for you. you you're done. <laughs> Give yeah. somebody else a chance. And he's going to have to as well because I think uh, 
it's Drew did what he needed to do and held his own during the quarantine, um, you know, during the pandemic. And that's great. And he can get out there and earn his way back up again, but he's just got to get out of this title picture. Just, yeah. I just can't do it. I will say I'm a bit interested with what's going on between uh, MVP and Kofi Kingston and MVP kind of like, you know, slowly throwing jabs at Kofi and how Kofi mania just kind of dissipated and, you know, so I'm very interested to see where that goes, if they're going to, like, you know, kind of end the new day, try and take Kofi back on another singles run. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, that could be, uh, you know, once we get back in front of a live audience, I think uh, the new day, Kofi, um, those types of gimmicks are going to be great in front of a live audience. Um, so we will see. And the only other matches right now that are signed for Hell in a Cell, which is this upcoming Sunday, uh, three women's matches. Um, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler uh, after the doll of Alexa Bliss apparently attacked Shayna from behind in the mirror. I, uh, what's the name? Lola or uh, Lily? Some I shit. want to cry because <laughs> the fiend they killed both of them. Were so great, man. They were a highlight of the show and they just ruined them. And it's so upsetting. Like, I don't even understand, man. <laughs> This this literally be hell inside and outside of a cell. Um, then they got th- – this is the only one that has potential, but with only one character, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. There's a lot of alliteration in that match. Um, singles match for the SmackDown women's title. Um, I need Bianca to get an attitude or I need Bailey to win. That's, that's, that's all it is right there. Uh, the other thing is, uh, of course, we talked about this earlier, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, first time ever. Um, and yeah, I, again, we got nothing there because, and Charlotte's doing great okay, work. Quick, quick, quick tangent off of the Charlotte thing again. So while I am enjoying her work right now, I could care less about this whole storyline. Good God. It's hard. Amen. This, this pay-per-view is, I mean, I, I could watch it the next day. I mean, we, we can on Peacock. I'm, I, I'm not going out of my way to. You know, we'll meet, you know, if we get together, whatever the case, I'm just saying, if, if we miss it, it's, I'm not going to be heartbroken. It's, it's okay. Um, so that's it. Uh, there, there could be more. Um, so that, that, that's it as far as, you know, hell in a cell right now. But uh, we're at the – near- sure by Friday we'll end up getting like a big E and Apollo Crews or something. Ah, Christ. I forget, sorry. I forget. Oh, man, let me talk. Uh, yeah, because Apollo Crews, what is his name? Uh, 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 Baba Tunde. Yeah, Aziz. Uh, King Aziz. Aziz. Yeah, he apparently is wrestling on Friday Night SmackDown, so set your DVR for that. Um, I want to see Commander Aziz and uh, Omos. Right. (laughs) That's it. And and they're going to be the first two in the Royal Rumble, and they're going to stand there and look at each other because they don't know what the hell else to do. And then (laughs) that's going to be great. Um, So this is what we got. Uh, We got about almost a three-minute warning here. Uh, We're going to jump into uh, Rico and Saul. Either you already heard it and it was great, or you're going to hear it and it's going to be great. Um, But this is episode 95. It's a great conversation. Uh, Next time we're going to get together live and in person, uh, all vaccinated. It's going to be great. Um, but let's get some final thoughts at the three-minute warning from, first of all, CM Funk. What's, uh, what's happening? What's going to happen? What are your final thoughts on episode 95? Uh, episode 95 was fantastic. It's much better to spend your two to three hours listening to this than to watch Monday Night Raw. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what I have to say on, on that. But, uh, yeah, oh I, 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 got, I, got, I got nothing, man. Like, WWE is really upsetting these days, so it's hard mm. to – 
get into it. Yeah, just watch NXT. It's not really – it is WWE, but it's not. Um, <laughs> so, Big Ugly, this is episode 95. We've been doing this more than five years. I appreciate you. You do a hell of a job. Um, and, you know, episode 96 to 100, and we're going to keep going. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. What are your thoughts on our podcast or anything that we've talked about today? Yeah, man, no, uh, pretty much with CM Funk uh, – you know, there's a lot of things that have been upsetting. Uh, but, you know, some good stuff going on on SmackDown. I'm not really too, you know, concerned about Hell in a Cell. I'll just, I'll just be looking forward to SummerSlam. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Live in Vegas, and that's a full capacity, so that could be 50,000, 60,000 people theoretically. And uh, they're going to treat it like WrestleMania. They're going to have a Vegas week. They're going to have superstar gatherings, you know, somewhat distanced or what not exactly like they did before not like an access but superstar gatherings and everything they're selling travel packages now on wwe.com um i'm going to be interested to see if they can fill how much they're going to fill at that stadium but it's a nice new stadium and it should be uh, a nice big set probably not the same uh, thunderdome set that we've been seeing so it should be fun and with all the returns and surprises, hopefully WWE gets back on their feet. So thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure as always. And we thank everybody listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. CM Funk, Big Ugly, Dirty Mike. We got less than one minute to go. So the only thing we got to say right now is three, two, one, deuces. deuces. Yeah, we all said deuces. And we're out. And we are back with more yeah. of the dirt. Thank you. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the big ugly. And we are now joined. Ah. That's right. That's right. And we are now joined uh, by one of, uh, you know, it, it's, been, it's been a strange world for independent professional wrestling for the past year, past year and a half. Um, but it's starting to get going again. And I'm glad that we, we have uh, a couple of guests. Well, guests at this point in time. We will have guests. But it is great to have uh, – he, he's, uh, he's from Baltimore, Maryland. He's a local guy. This is what I like to see. Um, 180 pounds, soaking wet, but that's okay. That's, that's fierce 180 pounds. Uh, Good meat, man. <laughs> debuted EWA Pro Wrestling. I know something about that. When he was only 18 years old, he uh, not only wrestles for them, but he also wrestles for 1CW Fight Club Pro um, He's got a couple of really cool named finishers, the Better Call Saul and the Octopus Stretch. <laughs> uh, Better Call Saul. See, that's oh. a good one. I like that. Um, his catch wrestling guy is a striker, amateur, amateur wrestling background, and uh, I know something about announcing this. He is the 2021 EWA Sweet 16 winner. That is Ooh. fantastic. Um, he is a superstar. He is Saul Esparza, Mr. Superstar. Say that again. Superstar Saul Asparza. I mean, I just you, – you, you give me all these accolades, and I'll tell you about all these accolades, which is great. So i got to call you a superstar, man. You're on your way. Say that again. He's got me. He's got me on a loop here, Big Ugly. I think. Hey, play um, into the no, loop, just, man. Just, uh, just, just, that, just say it just again. That last thing. Say it again. You just want me to say the word superstar. Say it again. Superstar. Superstar. One That's more twice. time. Super, he's a superstar. Again, <laughs> I could do this for a long time on this Zoom meeting, but yeah. You know, 
this yeah, is uh, kind of I kind of like that. There's kind of like an alliteration thing with this S thing, superstar Saul Esparza. I mean, I know I could say that as a as a ring announcer. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but uh, I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, thank I mean, you. You're hey, you're a stud, man. I hope you know that. Jack I'm of all trades. Stud. What don't you do? Thank you. You could be the stud Saul Esparza. What, what don't I do? I don't know. I, I do quite a big, big, ugly. I All do of us lot. here at the yeah. big alley are just right. stallions. You're, a superstar, but you're okay. You ain't really no superstar. Man, well, huh? uh, did, I, did I accurately uh, bring you in there, Saul? I mean, did I get anything wrong, or did, is there anything you need to add to that? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> So, I mean, I've seen you in the ring, man. I got a, I got a chance to uh, check you out, you know, before this pandemic was going down. And uh, I, was, I was enamored by uh, your in-ring work. I didn't, I didn't know you personally at that point in time. And, um, you know, and I came up to you, you know, after I had seen you in the ring. I was like, man, man, that was some, you know, good stuff in the ring. And you, you know, very respectful, very appreciative. But, I mean, you're, you're at the beginning of a career, man. Uh, you know, how did you, how did you get into this business? Uh, how did you, you – were you a fan growing up or what, what's going on here? So, like, you know that wrestling stuff in high school, that real stuff or whatever? You mean the stuff where you run around the track a lot of times and then you get sweaty on the mat? Yeah, and then you just barf everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, funny enough, I did that because thinking that was, you know, wrestling. Sure. And it, and it wasn't that. I was a little disappointed, but I got a little bit tougher. I got a little bit better. But I did meet some cool people. And one of them, one of my coaches, used to wrestle at UWA a long time ago. And then um, from there, he kind of introduced me to the school. I got my foot in the door, did a little rolling around, and here I am today. Do you feel like doing that wrestling beforehand, even though it wasn't uh, the pro wrestling that you do now, did it help you with the transition? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it helps you a lot because it's wrestling, amateur wrestling is a lot of improv because you have to react to what's going on. And honestly, like when I'm out there on the mats, I love making shit out of it. So I was kind of doing pro wrestling while I was doing amateur wrestling. And now I'm doing it the other way around. <laughs> it's a good but, background uh, to have, you know? Oh, yeah. I guess you, once you can do amateur wrestling, I think you can pretty much do anything you want. So, I'll say so. So you're like the modern-day Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah. So that's no, I can't. No, that's easy. That dude's that's, a legend. No one's going near him. Too much. Well, I mean, you too know. Too much. He kind of took a – you, you wanted to – I mean, he had to kind of get coerced into doing pro wrestling. I don't think anybody had to coerce you because you, you wanted to go on the mat in high school and hit people with steel chairs. That's what I wanted to do when I wanted to, you know, uh, high school hey, wrestling. Hey, I snuck a rock bottom in. Did That's you? legal. That's legal. That's legal. Somehow. I hope somebody recorded that. <laughs> I had the guy under the arm. I'm like, I locked eyes with my brother. I'm like, yeah, rock bottom. Boom. That's fantastic. See, there's there's so much, and and you are uh, you have a little bit of uh, you know mat wrestling in your game as far as the pro wrestling, a little bit of submission in there. Um, you know what is uh you know what's your favorite style? And I've read off a couple of things there, but what is what do you most like to do in that ring? I just I like wrestling, but then eventually wrestling gets boring, and like I just like to hit people pretty hard. Yeah, you, so like you the wrestling, the wrestling's nice, but then you know eventually I become like a heavy hitter, and I start stretching people out, and you know I make them tap out, and that's kind of the way that I'm being trained now. Um, 
one of my trainers right now is Alexander James. Mm-hmm. Who's like the like he does catch wrestling and all that blood sure sport does. WXW. So yeah, he's just been beating me up for months. I've been getting a little bit better. So it's similar styles I'm trying to like emulate. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, it's uh, and you're you're good at improv too. So you, depending on who you're in there with, you know, you got to change your style up a little bit. I mean, uh, and you're you're pretty fast in the ring. You know, you you have a lot of uh, you're a lot of wind. You know, a lot of uh, it seems that you have a lot of uh, capacity. You know, to go twenty, thirty minutes if necessary. Um, you know, and at this point, you know, it's right at the beginning of your career. So, what are your aspirations? Uh, do you see NXT, WWE, AEW? You know, New Japan down the way. What What are your aspirations? Uh, people ask me this a lot, and it's not more where I want to be, but I just kind of, I kind of want to have fun. I want to kind of go. I want to go places. But hey. If I get if it if they pay me and it helps me make a living, I'm all for it. But but while you're on that topic, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is in, is in my backyard. Yeah, it's, okay. it's yeah, right down the street from me. There's no reason why I won't be there. And that's I guess that's if I had to make a list like of where I want to go. I think that's number one. Oh, wait a minute. I think we're being joined. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off there, uh, Saul, but it looks like there's a gentleman who's a – oh, my goodness. I, I heard about this. This is uh, – this was the other guest that I was uh, talking about here, Big Ugly. Um, you know, he's, he's a little late to the party, but I think he's making an entrance. I think that's – Yes, I'm very comfortable right now. Thank you very much. You look comfortable. You I got the neck, neck pillow rolling, and this is this is uh, somebody who Saul Esparza knows very well. Let me just uh, yeah, superstar. The super sprites. What what was that? That Big superstar Saul Esparza. See see what you see. We got me doing there. Big ugly. You're the man. <laughs> so uh, you know this 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 guy. He's a, he's a little bit further up the road from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Woo Country there, Flair Country. Yes, sir. Uh, um, 195 pounds, so a little bit more meat on the bones than Saul. Not too much, though. Uh, and I got he, a lot of meat. Well, we, wait a minute. This is dirty and ugly, but I don't know how far we can go with that. But um, he, is the, he is the current 1CW Cruiserweight Champion, and he's also a part of EWA Pro Wrestling and a lot of other different places. And, well, let's uh, introduce the Toxic King, Rico... Hendrix and uh, Rico, thanks for uh, showing up, man. We we appreciate you. Thanks for taking your time. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. yeah, you should be honored, man. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We've been talking to Saul here for a little bit, going over a little bit of his um his history. I know you guys have history together, and we're going to get to that because that's why you're both here at the same time. But I, I want to hear you're you're very comfortable right now. You got the neck pillow. You're chilling. Um, I am. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about you a little bit. Let's, let's see how you got into the business of pro wrestling. I mean, Saul got in young. He got in in high school. He uh, made the transition pretty easily. What, 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 how did you get into this business? I got in. I was about 19 years old. Decided to show up to the pain factory and um, started taking my bumps. I went from there. I was in college at the time, actually. So I just finished, you know, the whole football thing. I finished the whole wrestling thing in high school. Had a very athletic background, bought all of that to the ring, and then obviously started putting things together and made it work. Yeah, and I've seen – 
There you go. I've seen a couple of different uh, variations of, you know, Rico through the years. And, you know, this, this one with, that you got right now, I think you're very comfortable in your position. And you did mention something. You mentioned the word bump. Big Ugly, I want you to ask your favorite question to both of these guys right here. Yeah, so one of the things I've always asked uh, indie wrestlers, um, and, and saw, I'm sure you experienced some of this amateur wrestling, but how did uh -huh. you guys feel when you took your first bump in the ring? <clears throat> Honestly, I was relieved, if anything. I was like, oh, okay, I got it over with. <laughs> that was my thing. And then from uh, there, I was like, okay, I didn't die. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I kind of like it. Um, it's kinda, I was looking did. forward to it. I love just, you know, getting thrown into the mat. Attack the mat is what they Attack say. Attack the mat. Yeah, Saul likes pain. Oh. Eh, well, well, you're not good at giving any. Oh, oh, we, I, I feel heat. Big yeah. ugly. <laughs> Listen, lots hot. of women know how good I am. And oh, my pain. God. All right. You He's don't need to. <laughs> yeah, weirdo. Toxic king. Oh, my. I we got dirty. Away. All right. <laughs> wow. It's dirty and it's ugly. That's why we talk about this. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just dirty and ugly. Um, <laughs> that's what they say. Rico, um, let's, let's talk about uh, you a little bit. You talk about, both of you talked about the pain factory. So obviously you guys have, uh, you know, come across each other, you know, on, on the outside of the world, outside of the ring. We'll get to the inside of the ring because obviously you guys have a lot of history, but um, let's talk about the toxic king. You know, what, what is the, what is the style? What is the goal? What is uh, the, the idea of the toxic king? The Toxic King is somebody that is here to make sure that all of the beta males and all of those simps, for lack of a better term, mm. are eradicated from not only the professional wrestling world, but the Oops. world in general. Because it makes me absolutely sick to see these beta male providers out here putting women on a pedestal for absolutely no reason. And I am here to make sure that the people that need guidance just follow me. It only makes sense. And, and, and Saul, he's made it difficult for me to complete my mission. So I have to do what I need to do. I love him to death. People think that I hate this man. I don't. I just love him enough to teach him a lesson. And this lesson, it, it can't be taught any other way than continuously spiking his head into the mat. Keep being a weirdo, man. That's, um, that's a... That's a hard lesson. That's an interesting lesson. I don't know. Uh, Big Ugly, we need to dig, dig a little deeper, I think. Saul, what is he talking? It sounds like, you know, you got, let, let's talk about Saul's version of this. You know, do you? Uh, uh, I have a couple of things I got to say. Go actually. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, Rick, I don't get this toxic thing because he wants to walk around and say that he's the toxic king. But he's, like, the most fragile and, like, insecure guy that I know. Because, like, once he realizes that uh, I was, you know, outshining him, I was, you know, being a star, a superstar, he was like, yeah, I got to get out of this tag team. I got to stop doing this thing. I'm going to do my own thing. Good for him because I'm shining better than him. I'm a shining diamond. A dime. It's interesting you use the word diamond. I think you had uh, that a little bit back in your past there, Rico. And, uh so you two were a tag team tag at one point. Team? Something I like was, that. I was the Justin Timberlake at a Christian Academy. Okay? <laughs> Let, let's get that straight. All right, G -G because you wanted to go play around in some old bay. <laughs> I kind of like it. I bet you did like it. Wow. Uh, okay, so 
We're talking about EWA. anything from the Carolinas. We're talking about EWA Pro Wrestling there, the Christian Academy. There's been some form of the Christian Academy on and off for a lot of years. It's kind of kind of like a four horsemen thing where uh, we had to be at least the fourth version of it. Yeah, I say it's been on and off, but it's always something that makes an impact um, as far as EWA Pro Wrestling. You know, anybody who gets under the, the wing of Jim Christian, who's, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about him a lot on, on this podcast down the road, Big Ugly. You know, if you get under his wing, you know, obviously you're you're up there, you know, you're going to be seen, you're going to be heard. So you, you guys were in the Christian Academy. So what happened? Did you guys, you guys gelled together? You guys, you know, did not? No. Go ahead. No, not at all, Saul says, but oh, Rico... Go ahead. So, like, all right, Rico, you can talk. I, I'm going to hear your side of it. You want to hear my side? Good. No, I don't. But you can talk. <laughs> because when it comes down to the Christian Academy, I joined it with the thought in mind that we would take over EWA as the future. At the time, how old were we? 20, 19, and 20, what, 3? How old, JB? I was 18. I was still a child. Whatever. I was still you get the point. a child. We were all young. And we good. were all young, and I good. know that all three of us were tired of seeing these old farts come into EWA continuously, winning all the championships and getting all the spotlight, and that was going to change with us. But you lost focus. You lost focus because, again, you wanted to go play around with your friend Chris and be the old Bay Boys and have your hey. ugly shirts and do whatever hey. you wanted to do all up and down the East Coast and just forget all about me. And JB Jr., of course, I mean, he's really tight with Jim and everything like that because his father is tight with Jim. And, and so that left me out. That's the way I felt. So what? did the toxic king have to do i had to do what i do best and that is to put myself on a pedestal and show why i am exactly who i say i am period and i'm happy for you congrats because i because i want nothing to do with you they they were like all right we we have these three young kids they're all studs they're all gonna be something eventually let's just storm together and hopefully they have chemistry and and rico he just for some reason, he has, like, a crush on me. And, like, he just won't leave me alone now, now that we're separated, because I want to do my own thing, because I want to be my own guy. Um, so I'm glad, he, you know, he found his identity. I'm glad that he found who he was, because now I don't have to deal with him, but he's still being annoying. So what is it? What do you want? Three studs, but there's game? one championship between all three of us. Eh, just wait till Saturday. Oh, now it says we got stuff coming up here. There's so we, we're talking about uh, there's a little history, obviously, and Big Ugly, we're going to get into talking about, you know, how the pandemic affected this, because obviously this was going on beforehand. And then obviously there's still animosity and something going on. So what's coming up on, you know, it, right now, this upcoming Saturday is actually the 19th of June. Um, what, what, what is happening then? The day before Father's Day, mm -hmm. apropos, because I've been Saul's daddy ever since I got in the ring, but that's oh, a story. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> on June 19th, you know, we're going to House in Delaware. We're going to have a nice triple threat match. We're running it back because Sean Hardy got his feelings hurt. 
So, oh of course, he put me in a position where I have 66 and two-thirds of a chance to or to lose my Cruiserweight Championship. And I would go down the whole Steiner math thing like that, but that's a lot of numbers I don't feel like reciting right well, now. He's a lot but the point is, is that Rico Hendricks will retain the Cruiserweight Championship because I am a Cruiserweight, no matter what anybody says. I'm going to retain it, and I'm going to make sure that I take his division higher and higher and higher. That's right. Is ahead, like so the I'm penguin sorry. manager looking guy not is he not gonna be there? Oh, he's gonna be there. Okay. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about out, that. But, uh, yeah. This is one CW Pro Wrestling's Hall of Fame uh, at 143 Broad Street in Houston, Delaware. Uh, you know, tickets are on sale front row, $30, general admission, $20. And uh, you want tickets, call 410-829-1114. We'll be releasing that shortly. And hopefully, and don't people- bring no kids either. Well, but wait a minute. It says kids 8 to 12, $5. I'm going to whoop all of them. Oh, oh wait a minute. You're going to beat up, you gonna beat up some kids? kids? I'm, I'm for the kids. kids. <laughs> They're on my side. My goodness. I'm going to fight for the kids. I don't like Rico kids, Hendricks. despite the fact that I'm probably going to have about 28 of them. And this is for the one seat. <laughs> Good Lord. So I'm bored, working man. on tying Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton. I'm going to put them together, and then like I'm going to just beat both of them. Wow. Okay. He's, he's going for the list. You might as well go for a, you know, Mick Jagger list if you're working up that way, because you know, he's, he's got the record I think right now. Um, but anyway, let, let's talk about this. So you got the Cruiserweight Championship. It's on the line. It's one CW. And obviously, you guys are making your rounds. So um, you guys have faced each other before. You're going to face each other again. Um, and then, you know, what about bringing it home? You know, both of you came from the EWA Pain Factory and the training center. Um, you know, uh, you're going to run it back to EWA because obviously Maryland's going to open up eventually from this uh, pandemic. July 1st, baby. Uh-oh, did you say something about July 1st? What do we not know about this yet? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, that's that's, that's when the restrictions open. open up. I thought you were coming. <laughs> I thought you were coming mm-hmm. on July 1st. Oh, my God. Yes, so um, Maryland's opening back up. So what do you guys feel as we, as we take this uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast home? Are you guys going to run it back in EWA Pro Wrestling, and what can we expect out of that? No, and I'll tell you why. Uh-oh. I have better plans. You better see – Oh, yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with you, Rico, because I have my eyes on one goal. And I don't know if you remembered, but, um, you know, I won the Sweet 16 tournament in 2021. That's this year. Now, and, time you know, out. I, uh, time out. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No. Talk, talk. I should have won. I'm, I'll let you talk. I ain't listening, though. I was robbed. But go ahead. Continue. So, yeah, I, I won this tournament. I beat six guys. Um, Rico Hendricks was one of them. Um, actually, yeah, pinned him actually mm. um my shoulder was and up. then in the end yeah, well you lost so maybe you should be better at kicking out of the uh, pins but that's for another day um and then i beat tj sykes a former winner in the finals would you believe that huh? i beat him too well, well yeah i know it. tj very well i still got a probably a mark on my face from when he kicked me yeah he yeah he likes oh. kicking people in the face yeah but not me because i won wow so now I won this trophy. I want one thing, and that's uh, Sweet Caroline. I want Eel O'Neill's Cruiserweight Championship. Wow. My eyes on that. But, you know, this Rico guy keeps annoying me. I may be nice about that simply because I don't want him breaking my good friend Jason Drake's record. So if you can beat him, you might get in my good grace a little bit. I'm going to still hurt you, but you might get a little bit. A little bit of something. That's not bad. That's not bad, but I have 
I just got to finish it. I do. And I probably won't be able to move forward until I do. And that tells you how focused I am, how determined I am to complete this mission. Because you have always, and I said it before, you have always been looked at as the 1A to my 1B. Every time we're in uh, training and whatnot, everybody's like, so, 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 so. Well, you're, you're not, not wrong. Not forgetting that Rico is just as good, if not better. So why are we looking at Saul and why are we looking past Rico Hendricks? It's a question that'll never have an answer that makes sense. So well, my goal, not only am I going to destroy you, I also have a few other plans as well. Maybe if Sly Star Pone can get off of the, 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 uh, the PEDs and whatnot, mm. we, can, we can bring his big behind down so I can embarrass him. I'd love to do that. I would love, I would love, I would pay for my own, t- I would pay for a ticket into the venue to watch me whoop his behind. That's how serious I am about that. I- I'll take the heavyweight championship. I'll do that. I'll take whatever title I want to take. Tomahawk, he's bragging about being Mr. 507, blah, 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 blah. But that has a major asterisk next to it because he spent 506 of them sitting on his behind. <laughs> so you want to, if you want to challenge somebody, challenge the King Rico Hendricks, the Toxic King. Wow. Or Dang. I'll bring Jason Drake into the fold. We can go run through the tag division and Mason Walls and Tony Macko. We've been talking about that match for a minute. I can rip all of those dreads out of uh, Mason Walls' head and actually put a smile on his face for once because I don't know why he's so angry all the time. And Tony Macko, maybe I can give him some soul glow because he got that afro going on and he's going to get whooped by me too. And I'll be one half the tag team champions. I'll do it all. I don't care. I'll take Sweet Caroline from Eel O'Neal. I'll drop another 10 pounds just to prove a point, just to show you that I can. I'll take all the titles. All right. All right. Well, I got, I got, all right. I got first dibs. It's 2021. I'll do it all. All right. All right. All right. This is, this is getting hot. Um, Big Ugly, we've heard a lot of these names, EWA Pro Wrestling and, and such, that have come through uh, what uh, Rico's talking about. A lot of them have been on our podcast. Okay, yeah. So what, what this means is everybody needs to go on Facebook and follow EWA Pro Wrestling because all those names, including Rico Hendricks and Saul Esparza, we're going to see all, all of them. And, and I'm hoping it sounds like Rico and Saul have unfinished business. So somewhere down the line, they're going to they're gonna meet back up. But they've got other aspirations. We've got the Cruiserweight Championship. We've got the Tag Team Championship. We've got the Maryland Championship. We got the heavyweight championship. All and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure a slide good and not a breath too. I'm gonna run circles around it because you know right. when you get when you on that stuff, you gotta you get all tired. Wow. All right. Before hey, we, but uh, hey, hey Rico, but like, hey, I applaud you. Go do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing. Maybe, maybe we go belt for belt. I don't know. This is what I, I like to I'd see. I'd rather see you without your two front teeth. But okay. Before, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to knock goodness. you out. I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm going to tuck you in. And I'm going to kiss you. All right, so before, we, like before we end this mm. uh, so podcast, cute, before this gets too overheated. You're so cute. <laughs> so, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you on social media. How can we follow Saul Esparza? You can follow oh. me on Twitter at SuperstarSaw. Um, right now I have Rico blocked because he keeps tagging me on stuff. Don't follow him. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Saul Esparza. Just type it in. You'll find it. 
somewhere. I think I'm like the only one in the world because um, I'm that damn special. But go ahead, Rico, go plug yourself. Well, Rico, think, how can we find you? How can we find your illustrious manager with the gold jacket? I Okay, I'll, I'll talk about Derek. I have the same name all the way across. It's Rico Hendricks Pro. I got it on Instagram. I got it on Twitter. I got it on TikTok now because I'm trying to see what the – you know, well, not kids because – He's going to But um, <laughs> I'm seeing what everybody doing, seeing what's popular. I'm like, do my dances, renegade and renegade, whatever. Um, and then on Facebook, it's Rico Hendricks. Derek is uh, – what is his name on every – Dazzling Derek Benish just about <laughs> everywhere. So y'all go ahead and follow him too. Don't follow he him. The best manager. Don't. He's not. Right now. He's, he's better decent at best. Every man. Dude, decent he's at best. Decent dude, at best. He's a, he's a big great. dust light. Big dust. What? Oh boy. What? Big yes. dust. What? He's a big dust light. All right, Big Ugly, I think that's where uh, this is getting too Derek out of control. control. This is where we got to cut this off. Check out EWA Pro He's Wrestling, Saul Esparza, Rico Hendricks, and this has been the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Big Ugly, we got to we gotta follow this. We got to get out of this. This is too – the referee's got to call this match. We got to throw it out, man. Rock so, mankind style, just handcuffing. Let's go. I'm about to stein your ass. And check out Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and oh my goodness, cut it off! Cut it off!